0: Bibles up and wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And let's say this together: Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in on purpose every Wednesday night. I'm hungry for more of the Word. And I have ears to hear what the Spirit is telling me about the time we're living in. I know that I've been chosen to live right now. And so tonight, by faith, I tap into the grace to withstand in the evil day in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joel and uh, one of the minor prophets. I think they're all major, but he's known as a minor prophet. And we're going to start reading Joel chapter 2 in verse 2. And it says, uh, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten." the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that he has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed." And it it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out uh, my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and... The terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And so tonight, I wanted you to pay a, a particular attention to one of these verses. Uh, it talked about uh, verse 25, "I will restore. To you, the years that the locust has eaten. So that's what I want to talk about tonight the day of restoration. This message is titled The Day of Restoration. And as a matter of fact, I had a, a prophetic word about this uh, on Sunday night, this past Sunday night. And so uh, those of you that want more Holy Ghost and a little bit freer service might think about Sunday night, coming to Sunday night service. But uh, we did have a word about that. And, uh, you know, this, these verses uh, from 28 to 32, uh, Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost. And uh, he was preaching to those that had gathered and, and witnessed uh, everyone speaking in, in tongues, their own languages. People from uh, every nation under heaven were gathered in Jerusalem and they, they heard them speaking in their own language. And they said, "What meaneth this?" this these people and you know, Peter stood up and said, "These these men are not drunk as you suppose." But in verse sixteen, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, and then he began to quote verses twenty-eight to thirty-two that we just read. And in the Amplified, it says, "This is the beginning of that." And so, in the day of Pentecost, according to the Bible. Uh, the fulfillment of this this prophecy that Joel made, uh, it began to be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And so it was the beginning of the time of restoration 2,000 years ago. And then surely now, 2,000 years later, this must be the culmination. Why would you say it's the culmination of this prophecy? Well, because of the signs of the times that we're seeing. We're seeing these prophecies being fulfilled left and right, and uh, the biggest, the biggest prophetic uh, scripture was the regathering of Israel into their homeland, and uh, and so they Israel became a nation just in our generation, 70 something years ago. So, uh, my generation has seen the restoration of Israel. Israel was not a, was not a nation all those years until just. In this generation, so we know if, if in, in the book of Acts, this was the beginning of that. Then we, I think, that we can scripturally say this is the culmination of that spoken by the prophet Joel. I I, I, I say it. At least we can say that we're living in the day of restoration. We're living in that day. And I notice here in Joel 2:25, he said, "I will restore the years." The enemy has devoured. It seems like he's devoured years. He said, I will restore. Surely, I will surely, this is what the word I will restore means. I will surely make amends. I will surely make restitution. I will surely recompense. The word recompense means recompensate. (laughs) Pay you back. (laughs) I believe God is in the business of paying back what the devil stole. Or making the devil pay it back even better (laughs) and so i will make peaceable again the years that the enemy has stolen and uh you know i I tell you we've had some encouraging words the last number of years but we still have to uh possess by faith what belongs to us and i know sometimes it seems like if we look at the natural it's three steps forward and two steps back. Maybe it's two steps forward and three steps back sometimes. But listen, God is faithful to, a, to fulfill his word. He is the God of restitution. And this right now that we're living in is the day of restitution, the day of amends being made, the ba- day of, of recompense, of payback. And, uh, in Acts chapter 3, you know, if we just turn over the next page uh, after the day of Pentecost, uh, you know what happened. Acts chapter 3:1. They they went uh, to the temple in the hour of prayer, and the lame man was at the gate, beautiful, and and uh, Peter and John prayed for him, and he he was he was healed, healed of his lameness. he never walked, and he stood upon his feet and started walking and leaping and praising God, going into the temple. And there were multitudes of people saw it. And, uh, and so they gathered there. And, and Peter didn't waste the, uh, the opportunity. He began to preach. And, uh, and so he started preaching here in verse 19. He told them, he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Let's just say this out loud together. Times of refreshing. The word times means an appointed time, an appointment, a specific time. And there are specific times of refreshing. And I believe I had a word about that too recently. I mean, you know, after going through this run up of this election and to have the election uh, wind up as disappointing as it became and all of the prayer that was made, we're tempted to think that it didn't matter. We're tempted to think that God's not hearing us. Listen, nothing has been wasted and uh, and and there's times of refreshing. there's something about coming to church and hearing the word of God that can lift all disappointment off of you. In fact, the last uh, here recently I, I've preached on banishing fear and overcoming discouragement And here tonight, the day of restoration. So we need encouragement. the Holy Spirit is encouraging us now. He doesn't want us to be down. In fact, the first the first words of of the verses that we read tonight was, Rejoice then. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice. And we need to put on the rejoicing clothes. And uh, so, so he says here to the, to the Jews that gathered, repent you therefore, and, and ta- when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, who before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive or retain until the time of Restitution. So here's that word restitution, which means restoration and all of the things that we just read, the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So again, I want to go back to what the Bible said in the book of Acts, that this whole, this whole time in the book of Acts was the beginning of that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so that includes what he's preaching right here. This is the beginning back in the book of Acts, 2000 years later, we have the time of refreshing that's available to us. We have the time of restitution of all things, mainly the restoration of the glorious church's authority. I tell you, we have had uh, mighty prophecies by men of God like Oral Roberts and and others, uh, uh, Kenneth E. Hagin, that have prophesied that in in the last days, we're gonna see the gifts of the Spirit in operation even greater than they were in the book of Acts. And I believe that that's coming. I believe that we're right on the edge of seeing the greatest move of God we've ever seen. So now's not the time to be downtrodden, now's the time to rejoice and be glad. <laughs> and so uh, the times of refreshing, and you know, we have to be refreshed. It takes coming to church and being, being in the anointing, being in the presence of God. It, you know, you can, you can get refreshed by yourself, but God doesn't intend to, for this to be a, a, a lonely process. He, 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 he says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together. And so there's a refreshing that happens every time we get together here at Glorious Way. And then that's key to receiving the restitution or the recompense, the payback that we are due. God wants to restore the years that the devil has stolen. And so uh, I believe God is performing in these days all that the prophets have spoken. I mean, we're beginning to see these prophetic words. We're beginning to see them... uh, I think about all the Middle East nations. You know, up until just a few decades ago, probably 1940s, those those nations had no meaning. They had no real bound. They had boundaries. They were they were countries on a map, but they were not significant. Nobody talked about them. They didn't have the, the, mainly. They were inhabited by nomadic people, and it's not until our generation that they've become real nations. That, uh, for instance, Iran. What a you know, they're threatening to, to build a nuclear bomb, uh, and you better believe them, because if they can do it, they'll do it. And so you have all these nations that are lined up against Israel. Every bit of that was prophesied, and uh, it's coming to pass in our day. So we, uh, not to look at the negative, but look at the positive. Look at, look at how uh, it's near for the coming of the Lord. See, that's what we ought to be thinking about. He's coming, He's coming very soon. You know, I didn't have this in my notes, but I think it's time here for us to turn back to Isaiah 60 and look at these verses. I was reading the other day and and, uh, was reminded. In Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine. This is another prophetic word by the prophet Isaiah about the end days. Arise, shine. In other words, get up. See, that's what God told me uh, just March the first was Monday, so that was 22 years ago. Monday, that God told me to wake up the church. Arise, talitha kumi. <laughs> In other words, Kumi means get up. <laughs> Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. We read that, and then when we read the next verse, we kind of forget about the glory, and it says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. So you know, we think about the darkness, and we, we talk, oh, yeah, there's gross darkness. Well, that's true, but what about the glory? The glory is here. And the glory is coming on the church more and more, so we have every reason to rejoice and be glad. And we need to, we need to have times of refreshing so that we'll be ready uh, to because light always overcomes darkness. The church will always overcome darkness until the day it's taken out. And we will be taken out by the Holy Ghost one of these days soon. And so we have these things that that God is doing, he's performing in these days, all that the prophets have spoken. And so we have plenty of Bible examples that we can look at. And I wanted to show you a couple tonight um, or mention a few of them. The first one I think about about uh, the devil stealing years was the life of Moses. The life of Moses, Moses spent 40 years as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, he spent 40 years learning the world's wisdom. He was very brilliant in all the learning of Pharaoh and all the learning of Egypt, 40 years. And then of course, you know, he, it came into his heart to be the deliverer, that he was the deliverer. You know, he tried to do it in the flesh, and he killed the Egyptian, and of course, somebody saw him. So he fled to the backside of the desert. And there he was 40 more years. Uh, and he was helpless. I mean, basically, he learned, he 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 did all of his talking to the sheep. I mean, he hardly ever talked to a human. I guess his wife and his kids, whenever he saw them, most, most people know that when 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 you're a shepherd, you spend almost all your time with the sheep. It's a sleepless night, day after day after day, and 40 years of that. Uh, You can imagine that he got pretty discouraged. You can imagine he completely forgot about being the deliverer of of Israel from Egypt. And, uh, And then the burning bush experience, and God called him, and God hadn't forgotten and he said, well, choose somebody else. I can't even talk. I'm a stutterer. I can't even speak. I don't even know how, you know. And It didn't take him long to, to hit his stride, you know. And so then he spent another 40 years in the glory. I think about Moses. I mean, he went up on the mount to receive the law, and he came back down. He had to put a veil over his face. The glory was, was on his face so bright. Uh, he was so powerful. I mean, he spoke, and things happened. He was the most powerful prophet in the, in, of that time. Maybe he's more pro- powerful than any Old Testament prophet. Now they feared him, even though they, they uh, criticized him a lot. But uh, when in his presence, they, <laughs> they had to yield. And so he had 40 years learning the world's wisdom, 40 years where the devil seemed like he had stolen years, and then 40 years in the glory. <laughs> And then you have Joshua, Joshua was right along beside him. He had forty years serving Moses, suffering with Israel in the wilderness, putting up with all their whining and crying and complaining. I mean he'd seen the promised land, but he didn't get to go in. He had to wait till all those people died out and uh, and then finally, thirty years in the glory I mean here's a man that commanded the the sun to stand still in the moon in the valley of Abjon, you know, Agilon, that's the right word. And, uh, and so he had 30 years in the glory after this seeming inactivity in, in, in the wilderness, seem, seemingly, uh, uh, you know, uh, obscurity. He wasn't the man in charge, he was just doing what he was told. Seemed like uh, a person uh, that was wasting his time. If you look at it in the natural, And yet, there aren't any wasted times with God when you're obedient to him. Now, how about Caleb? The same thing. Caleb is in the same situation as Joshua. He and and Joshua were the only two of the 10 spies that had a good report. And what did they get for their trouble? They got to wander in the wilderness with the rest of the disobedient ones. It didn't seem like they got any reward at all. But you know what? Their reward came. God paid them back. God recompensed them. They all got their their share of the inheritance. And so with Joshua, 40 years suffering with Israel, five years after that, he's spent helping the others possess their land. He had an inheritance, but he didn't get to go get it. He had to help other everybody else for five years. So at the age of 85, he finally asked leave of Joshua. He said, hey, Joshua, is it okay if, I, if it's all, all the same to you? I'm not getting any younger. I'd like to go to... Uh, you know and get Hebron and make it mine, is that okay with you if I leave now? <laughs> so, at the age of eighty five he possessed that mountain and he got his inheritance and in he Hebron and so <clears throat> you see these these Bible examples uh that they got their that they got their inheritance, they got the glory they got recompensed. I'll give you one more. how about Joseph? you know Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was daddy and mommy's favorite out of, the, out of the 12 tribes, and he was hated for it. So he had 18 years in his family where he was picked on, where he was uh, you know, made fun of, mocked, and then they sold him into slavery. And he had 13 years in prison, thrown into prison for an unjust, a lying accusation, wasn't true. You're, you're, you know by the time he's 30 years old he's thinking man this has been a waste of time man. God gave me all these dreams you know but I don't believe he ever gave up on those dreams i believe I believe he stayed encouraged I believe he encouraged himself because he he recognized that, that God's favor upon his life and then and then 14 years as prime minister of Egypt and he ultimately got payback he ultimately got to be reunited with his father. He got to see his brothers again and they bowed to him. <laughs> he, he did get vindicated. And so uh, I want to make a point here that there is no wasted time in God's kingdom. I don't care what you've had in your heart that hasn't come to pass. Maybe you've been believing for a certain thing and it hasn't shown up. And uh, you, you haven't given up yet. But some, from time to time, you're tempted in that area. Well, you know, the Bible's filled with those, those types of situations so that we can draw courage and draw strength from their experiences because one thing you can, that you can stake your life on, God is faithful. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. He will make it good. You see, in obscurity, we, we learn to trust God. You know, faith and patience inherits the promises. I know God spoke to me many years ago. Well, I, I mentioned in this message. I mentioned about in uh, March first, nineteen ninety-nine. God told me to wake up the church. I'll be honest with you. I have over the years. I've I've never. It's never left me. I've done whatever what I could do to obey that uh, command and that uh, assignment. And uh, I, I admit, sometimes I think, well, I, I, if I'm wake, if I'm if I'm making any progress, I can't tell it. <laughs> but you know, just this past year during the COVID thing, God, I mean, God has opened the door, and I, I can see results now. I can begin to see that people are listening, people are waking up, and uh, and I see I see signs that the church is beginning to 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 awaken and be ready for the return of the Lord, just little by little by little. And so, you know, there's no wasted time with God. God, I mean, you know, in obscurity, we just learn. You know, you feel obscure when you feel like, well, what's the use, what is my ministry worth? Uh, He told me to do this, and I've been doing it, but I can't see any fruit. Well, you know what, God is the one that grows those things, and let's just let Him be in charge of when it comes to pass. (laughs) I know there's going to be a day of restoration, and I believe we're living in it. I believe there's recompense coming. I believe there's payback. Praise God. He's, he is faithful to restore and to recompense. You know, we're going to receive double for our trouble and fame for our shame. Amen? <laughs> oh, come on, let's lift our hands. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful to watch over your word to perform it. If you, Lord, we know that, and we read energize ourselves we stir ourselves up to believe that fresh and new and so the key we'll get back to the very beginning of these verses in Joel Uh, Joel was talking to people who uh, were disappointed (laughs) he was talking to people that were in captivity he was talking to people that were down and kind of out and what did he say to them be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God (laughs) So we get back to that right there. We need thanksgiving and praise. We need to be people of praise. We need to rejoice. We, you know, now's the time not to let ourselves uh, slip into self-pity and uh, being uh, negative, negative, negative. I mean, you're just, you're just looking through the eyes of flesh. Let's look at what God said. And let's hold that in, in high esteem. And know that he is going, he's going to be faithful to restore those years that seem to have been stolen. They really haven't been stolen. He's just going to bring up to pass a mighty manifestation. And so be glad and rejoice. Praise God with a loud voice. Don't mind who's, who knows about it. And our rejoicing is proof that we are trusting God. It's proof of our faith. The day of Restoration. The day of restoration is here. Amen. Be encouraged tonight. Praise God. Be encouraged.